Let us go to God in prayer. Lord, I thank you this morning for just being God all by yourself. Lord, I ask that the raspiness of my voice, whatever that may be, that it be gone as you bring me forth to do the will and your work this day. Gracious Heavenly Father, we lift up families that may be grieving the loss and sadness of family members. We ask that you give us the guidance that we need. And for me, Lord, I ask that you move me behind the cross. That what you need to have said this day will fall on fertile hearts and minds and souls. Gracious Lord, nurture us with your word. Teach us to accept your freedom. Release us from our fear and hurt and unforgiveness. Through your grace and your power and your love, know that Jesus Christ is enough. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm not sure where my voice went, but I'm no, almost sure it's on the way back. I just thank you for everything. What a week we've had in the Lord. Amen? We know that God is moving in a mighty way. And today's message is simply called Prepare for the Journey. And I'd just like you to think about personal journeys that you may have gone on, planning to go on, and look at what you do to prepare for the journey. Some of us carry a big suitcase. Some of us carry no suitcase. We just carry a little briefcase bag, and when we get there, we'll take care of everything when we get there. Amen? That's one of my dreams, to be able to take a trip with just a little bag. <laughs> everything I need, I'll get when I get good where I'm going. I just, you know, just want to be able to take a little trip like that, you know? But sometimes it's not what we pack in the suitcase. It's where we are in our spiritual faith that make us think about what we will pack and what we don't pack. If you were taking a trip and you were required to present something, it'd be good to take the materials that you needed for that. Okay. I don't know about you, but I'm beginning to suffer from a little CRS. Can't remember stuff. Got to go back in the room and say, I know I put the keys down. I normally hang them in this place, but they're not here. And I'll say to Donnell, did you move the keys? He said, Jackie, I don't touch those keys. I normally put them here. He says, well, if they're not there, you put them somewhere else. But on the journey that we're taking in life, we have to be willing to look at what it means to go on the journey. But our spiritual journeys and our faith journeys require us to know the mission or what it is that we want to accomplish. When they got a report about what's going to happen in the annual conference, the vote has been taken, but people are already beginning to work behind the scenes. When that information is forthcoming, we will share it because we want to be prepared for the change. Say to your neighbor, are you prepared for the journey? If the journey has changed, if the journey has changed, will you make that change? Some change is inevitable. We live in a dynamic world. God is the same today and forevermore, but even though He is the same, there are things that are done differently. Change is a representation of movement. But I'm not one that likes to change just to change. 
I've had the same glasses and I can resistance to go to the eye doctor. Not because I don't need to go, but it took me a long time to figure out these little tiny glasses. And as my son would say, that style has come and gone. Change your lens, Mom. Well, I can still see. He said, no, it's not about can you still see. Have you been to the doctor? Are you up to date? I told him, I said, well, I've already worn the big frame, and I've already worn the frame that has the glass thing on the top. I've already worn multiple styles because I've worn glasses literally all my life. I said, but it would be something if I just decided I was going to get contact. I said, I wouldn't know how to put them in. I haven't even figured out how to program my cell phone. So there's things that have changed around me, but I just haven't gotten yet into the flow. But when we're prepared to really change, we recognize that we ought to know the mission. The mission from our United Methodist Church is stated in the Discipline, paragraph 120, simply says, the mission of our church is to make disciples for Jesus Christ. Local church provide the most significant arenas through which disciple-making occurs. The rationale for that mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ is by proclaiming the good news of God's grace and by exemplifying Jesus' command to love God and thy neighbor, thus seeking fulfillment of God's reign and realm in this world. Sometimes we read really great stuff, but it's inside of a book that has a lot of other stuff we just say, ah, I don't need that. But to be prepared for the journey, we want to take the tools that are most important. When I left and when I leave on a daily basis, even if I don't carry this Bible, I take with me the Word of God that's within me. Each of us have our own set of the Word of God. Deposit it down in our hearts. Some of us are greater at memorizing scripture. Some of us, that is our greatest skill. I mean, not only do we memorize it, but it's like it just breathes through us. I'm not mad at you. I have to work on the memorization. There's some things, like I said, from the top of the lawn, I'm suffering from a little CRS. Stuff get in, it gets a little tangled, and I'm not afraid to say, let me go and check that word. It's not that I'm checking it against the full, but maybe that is your gift, and all gifts are welcome at the table on the journey. Maybe your gift is just that you never can let a stray cat go by your door. And you don't help a cat out. All right. <laughs> Few of us have that gift and some of us don't. I'm not saying that that's the greatest of great gifts, but it is. Because it's showing the love to a neighbor, even though that neighbor happens to be a cat. Some of us never meet a stranger. Other of us gifts are analytical. Other gifts, like Miss Alice, is, can read the messages to decipher what it is that we need to know. Just like Miss Mitchell, she can gather the thoughts and Miss Thomasine and write a grant, just like that. But even if that's not your gift, maybe your gift is a gift of welcoming. Maybe your gift is a gift to be at the door. Maybe your gift is a gift of song. All of these gifts are yet important. Are you packed and ready for your spiritual journey? Your spiritual journey not only requires that you pack the Word, 
but that you're willing to live the word. Yet you're willing to hear thus saith the Lord. Every Sunday, we give two of the lessons for lectionaries. There are other lessons that go along because there's four of them that go with the lectionary readings. I want to share with you Acts 19, 1 through 7, just to give you a few additional highlights, the formulate of how this sermon was gathered. It says, the headlines to this is, Saul is converted on the road to Damascus. Anybody ever had their own Damascus experience, walking down a journey, moving along the way? It simply said, meanwhile, Saul was breathing out murderous thoughts against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue to Damascus. Interesting enough, I turned to nine, but that really wasn't the one. It should have been 19. Forgive me for that. Flip to the wrong page. I said it looked like it was good, but that wasn't the one I was looking for. I said, I read that, but that's not the one for today's sermon. We'll get back to that on another day. But it says, when Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. See, there's another journey. There's multiple journeys in the Bible, but that wasn't the one we were focused on, but here's the one. Then he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit? When you believe, they look. They answered and say, No, we have not even heard of this Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, Then what baptism did you receive? Right. You've ever heard somebody say, When did you get baptized? Yeah. What kind of baptism did you get? Did you get a little sprinkle? Did you get dunked? Oh, but did you get the Holy Spirit? John's baptism, they replied. And Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe that the one who is coming after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of Jesus Christ. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. They were all about 12 men in all. So... We looked at this Mark passage during the Advent season, so it should be somewhat familiar. But we stressed the fact during that time as we were waiting for Christ to really recognize that John knew who he was. John said, I'm the front show. I'm going to let you know that there is a God and he's coming behind me. But when he comes, he will be able to do things that I can't do. That means you celebrate the gifts you have, acknowledge what you don't, and let it be known that somebody else may be handling that. Maybe you'll help them. Maybe you'll work it out with them. But that's not your focus. But when they ran up on Paul, and he had an awareness, he was able to make sure they got the baptism, not only of the awareness of repentance, but that the Holy Spirit came down upon them. So understand that part of the journey is you just got to keep walking and just kind of keep getting the gifts. Amen? Because you may start out on the journey, start with one thing, but then there's some other things that will come along the way. Well, you see, if you were leaving your house and you had a brand new suitcase, it would have four wheels in most cases. You ever see one of those suitcases? They got the fancy wheels, you know, they pop down and they pop back up. But it's basically four wheels on that suitcase. All right. If you're driving a car, 
How many tires do you have? Four. Two in the front, two in the back. If you're looking at tires, you got two on each side. But it still only totals up four. Now, if you're driving a big bus, I don't know, I haven't driven a bus yet. I don't drive vans, and some things I just don't have skill set. I don't have that license yet. But they have four tire wheels. Some of them have double tires, but it's still, they have four major tires to move that big bus along. How about if we were flying? Let's just say this whole sanctuary was like Southwest Airlines. Just a big plane. And see, the old Southwest Airlines, the people up here near the cross, they would be flying backwards on Southwest. Some of y'all rode on the old Southwest plane, and the plane would get up, and you'd be like, whoa, we're riding backwards. But they would be riding just like that. And the cross would be where the plane was being driven. You know, the Lord drives our life. Takes us on those journeys. But we on a big Southwest Airlines plane. Yeah. You might have bought a little suitcase. You might have bought a big suitcase. And you might get bring anything else. But if we all bought Jesus Christ in our heart, yeah. and the plane got in trouble, we can pray that plane all through. All right, yeah. I don't know about you, but some of us need to understand it. Like, Dr. Martin Luther King says, it's not that we can. It's where we serve. Where we pray. Where we use our gifts. When we do, thus saith the Lord on this spiritual judgment. Because the bottom line is, everybody's got something that needs to be brought to a table. In the name of Jesus Christ. Today is Epiphany Sunday. And it's the Sunday that we celebrate Jesus' baptism. Because when he was incarnate and came to the earth, and the man's body and humanity's body, he still was baptized. And John said, even though I'm the front show, I got a major thing I need to do. I got to baptize Jesus Christ in the River Jordan. I got to lay him down and make sure he has the Holy Spirit. And then when he comes up, he can give it to you and give it to you and give it to you. Because until he comes, you can receive the Holy Spirit. But he has come and he died and will set us free because of what he did on the cross. But you see, he's driving his place on our journey. I don't know about you, but that's good news. That's real good news. And if you look at all the four scriptures that are highlighted, I'm not going through the rest of them. Miss Butler did a great job reading them. But they capsulize those four wheels that may be on our bus, our plane, our train, our car, or our suitcases. See, you see, one of those wheels is a wheel of revelation. Genesis talks about seeing the light. God created the light, made light and dark, separated them so we would have day and night. Then you go on and look at what is in the psalm, Psalm 19. And it simply says, recognize God. Hear the voice of the Lord. Feel the strength of the Lord. If you haven't had a chance to read that psalm lately, go back and read Psalm 19. But then when you get to the book of Acts, and you talk about the first church, that scripture is a combined scripture that helps us to say, remember your baptism and be blessed. It is 
the time to help us that you are ready to receive the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say that you never will. I'm not sure it says, are you ready? Because when he comes, he will baptize you in the Spirit. And many of us have been baptized in the Spirit, know that we've been baptized in the Spirit, but we kind of sit and quiet. Because we've never felt comfortable saying hallelujah. We've never felt comfortable raising our hands and praise. We've never thought to just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mercy, King Jesus. I appreciate the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Because, see, I was raised in a quiet Methodist church. And they barely said, Amen. And my mother always said, You are too loud for this church. I hope you find a church one day that you can be good and loud in. That you're entirely too loud for this church. And I said, What's the same always you say? Quiet down, Jackie. What? And then my grandmother was Catholic, so I just didn't have a place I could share. But I'd go to my godmother's church who was Pentecostal, and I said, now that's the beat. Oh, that's the beat. I thought I would jump the double dutch, and she said, no, baby, that's the Holy Spirit trying, trying to work with you. But it wasn't until I got grand that I understood the baptism of the Holy Spirit wasn't just a feeling. wasn't just a moment. It was all about being ready for the journey, being ready to grow by grace, being able to walk, but also being able to be able to say, Lord, I need your repentance. Lord, I need your awareness. Lord, it's not just enough to say, help me, but turn me in the way you want me to go. Put me on the road. Help me be on the journey. And no matter what I try to do, don't let me get off the journey. On a regular basis, we make promises. But sometimes, until it's settled within us, we're not sure whether we're going to walk it all the way out. And that's a challenge. I can't even tell you the number of days that I prepared for a journey and decided that wasn't the journey I should be on. And God said, that's not your decision. They can't tell us the number of days that he has given us grace when we tried to do certain things. But we said, mm, I don't know about that. Every journey that we're on, we have to recognize that God is in charge. And he calls us into obedience to walk it out, think it out, pray it out, live it out. Because we have to realize that we need God's guidance. So tell your neighbor next to you. I'm ready for the journey. And I need God's guidance. I'm ready for the journey. And I've got everything I need for the journey. When you realize that God is in charge, you do have an identification as a Christian that says, hey, you are mine. And you're okay. You've got 50 million emails that say, send this email back if you love Jesus Christ. You say, I don't have to send it back, and I still love Jesus Christ. But you can proclaim who God is. Well, you have to understand, like Psalm 29 says, the Lord is powerful. He is all-knowing. The Lord is strong. And the voice of the Lord literally shakes in the wilderness. It talks about storms of life and how he can just set things straight. 
knowing the Lord is greater than carrying MasterCard, American Express, Discover, or anything else, because he is a spirit, and he is your being, and he is your guidance, he is your father, he is your Lord, he is all things to all of us. He is the glory. He is the light by which we walk. Are you prepared for a faith journey? Are you walking on a faith journey? Are you prepared for a faith journey? Are you walking on a faith journey? Are you called to serve God? Are you called to serve status quo? Are you looking for recognition or the fulfillment of what God has placed in your heart? Walk on the journey that He has given you. You are uniquely and wonderfully made. He gave you gifts. Don't be fearful. Try them out. You might like them. The only thing that we must be willing to say to one another, your gift is welcome here. But communicate so the gifts don't strangle one another. Because there are great gifts here, and there's people who are gifted that are doing just like this. I don't know if I'm going to do that. I don't know if I'm going to do that. I don't know if I'm going to do that. I'm not really sure if I'm going to do that. Is it fear that keeps you hostage to the I don't know? Communicate with one another, and you can get past it. Okay. What is it? And you go back and forth, fighting in your spirit. Will you do what God has called you to do? Well, if you go to Malachi 3.1, it talks about the recognition of the fulfillment of Jesus Christ. He didn't just come to come. It says, Seeing I am my messenger to prepare the way before me. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare a way before me. The Lord sends John first. Isaiah 43 says, A voice cries out in the wilderness. Anybody here have been in the wilderness? But a voice cries out in the wilderness that says, Prepare way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our Lord. Both scriptures remind us of Jesus' life, breath, and the fulfillment of the prophecy. So on the journey, not only do you have to take what you know, but you have to take a willing heart to say, when the prophecy gets fulfilled, right in front of my face, I will shout on to the Lord and say, thank you, Jesus. Did you let me see it in my life? Did you let me see it before I close my eyes? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why is this important today? Because we're all on a new journey. We're all in a new season. We're all in a space of forgiveness and repentance and renewed hearts. And Jesus is working on each and every one of us. I listened to a song that long ago. And the title of the song, I can't even remember it. I can't even figure out what CD it was on. But it's on one of them that's in my car. You know, I get new car driving CDs, and they have a thousand different artists on them, and I can't even keep up because I'll take one CD out and put it in a CD case that doesn't belong to that CD. 
I have to do different this year. But the song says, why not trust God again? I'm going to take the clover because it was just that powerful. Right. If we are renewed and we're ready for the journey, do we trust God? Yeah. You don't have to answer that for me. That's not for me. That's between you and God. But Psalm 29 speaks to storms. You can have your suitcase packed, your tickets purchased, and know where you think you're going. And a storm will roll up on your life, and you won't go there. If you're not flexible, you're not willing to do something different, you will miss that journey. You have to get you another trip and another set of tickets and pack you some new bags. But when you're walking with the Lord, when you're ready to hear from Jesus, you say, I'll work it out because you don't want to now. You will shut that change and go on. Oh, yeah, too, Jesus. For the Spirit of God, the strength and the peace of God, will renew your soul forever and ever and ever and ever. Are you ready for a journey? Are you ready to walk with the Lord? Are you ready for your life to be renewed and lifted up? You can tell me yet. But if you ain't told him yet, I ain't taking the person. But you got to make a commitment up here. And in here. And in here. And a willingness to walk it out by faith every step of the way. Are your bags packed? Some of us are pregnant with a new spirit. Pastor McBride across the street said, Y'all in your 90th year, you know y'all can have a new baby. I said, You must be talking to somebody else. You ain't talking to me and Diane. <laughs> He said, but your church is right. He said, just like others had been surprised at the miracles of God. There's miracles waiting to be born right here. There's a lot of spiritual journeys that have a half a suitcase packed. I encourage you to pack the other half. Or maybe if you don't know what to put in it, talk to God and say, I'll go half empty. And you'll fill it up. Because when you know that you know that you know that you know that you're walking with the Lord, well, 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 you can take a whole lot of journeys. And you can say to yourself, it's all good in the neighborhood. I'm packed and ready for a spiritual journey. I hope you'll be going with me. I hope I'll see you on this Boeing Super 747, therefore St. Paul plane, sponsored by Southwest Super Jesus A&I, driven by the cross of the Most High God. I hope you'll be on the plane. It won't matter whether I'll be in first place, but I'm in the last place. Jesus Christ, you might be left at the place because you may have some metal detectors.
that's holding you up and together. Right. Just let it go. Just whoop. Take it off. It's all right. I see that. Just take it all off. Because God is a good God. God is a good God. Will you stand? If you're still working for a new church home, we're going on a journey. You're welcome to come with us. Stand and sing our hymn of praise. My name is Lord.